Welcome to Wisdom Tips with Dr. Green. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited that you decided to be here with me today and to share this awesome opportunity with me, giving God praise and teaching some precepts, examples that we all need to learn. So at this time, I'm so excited again. Um, welcome to Wisdom Tips. I am your host, Dr. Connie Green, here to give you uh, some true pearls, dropping some true pearls of wisdom so you can live your best life. I am so excited today again that you have decided to join in. I don't take it lightly. I know I say that a lot, but I just appreciate you because you don't have to be here if you don't want to be here. So you're here because you want to be, and I do appreciate your support. At this time, I want to talk to you about the topic today. The topic that we're going to be talking about today is how to win the battle against your mind. Hallelujah. Can I say that again? How to win the battle against your mind. It's a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a good little while. And it's been taking me a moment because it's something that I have had to deal with for a long time. Dealing with, you know, stuff in your mind, how you're trying to process what you're going through and the mind is telling you all kind of stuff. So this is a topic that is dear to my heart. And I'm going to share with you a couple of stories that I have dealt with, even in my mind, my mind. And that's one reason why I decided to be a Christian counselor, because it was so much going on in, in my mind and my family and in life period. And when God gave me deliverance and he showed me the, the secret to how to change your heart, to change your mind, how to rewire your brain. And I went to school and I learned some of those things. And I want to show you some of these techniques, not show you, but teach you some of the techniques and give you some stories of my, that I have personally dealt with. So you can understand that this stuff that I'm teaching you really works if you apply yourself. So the story I want to talk about it's in my book. If you're interested in my book, When Love Hurts and When Love Heals, in this particular book, I'm, I'm quoting from When Love Heals. It's a book about my life, how I went through depression and how God blessed me to be able to bounce back from those sitbacks and forgive those that had hurt me over my life. So the story I want to share with you today is about a story about my young son, my young, my very young son that I have, um, I was going through some situations and circumstances with him that really caused me a lot of anxiety and worry. And uh, through that process, and even now uh, through the process that I'm actually living in it right now, because the battle is not all the way over yet, but I know the battle is going to be over and we will win. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that that's dear to my heart. You know, I've, like I said, I fought this battle for many, many years. Uh, concerning this situation with my young son, and I just want to share it with you. Okay, it was, uh, you know, about many years ago when my, my son turned seven, when I started noticing some things that was going on with him. I'm a mother of two young sons. I call them young. They always be young to me. And I have always cherished them all my life. My youngest son, he was he's caring, he's giving, he, he loves children, he loves to have fun. He's a talented drama. And uh, he was uh, in the band in school. And as a matter of fact, he was so good as a drama. He got a scholarship to go to Johnson C. Smith University. And some of you in Charlotte know exactly where that university is. Very prestigious private school. But he decided not to go. And instead of going to college, he decided to go into the United States Army. And we were so proud of him. 
So he went to the army and he graduated with through uh, the boot camp and all of that stuff. But while he were in at boot camp, he got very ill and we didn't we hadn't wasn't able to talk to him for a while and didn't understand what was going on. And we found out that it was time for him to graduate. And he called on the phone. He was very distraught and he was saying they weren't going to let him graduate because he had missed a few, few of the training uh, uh, things that he had to do in order to graduate. So we began to ask him what's, what was going on. And he said that he got sick and he had pneumonia. And we had, of course, had a fit and we called into and was able to speak to some of the officers that were in charge of him and found, found out that yes, he did have pneumonia and he almost died, but he graduated. And we was just elated that he graduated from boot camp and he came home. And later, we noticed when he came home, his whole personality had changed. I mean, this wasn't my happy-go-lucky son that always, you know, give jokes and laugh all the time, always into something. He was just totally different. He looked at us with, a, and he would stare at us like he didn't even know who we was. Uh, he was withdrawn. He was very sad. He stayed in his room uh, for hours on end and wouldn't come out. He wouldn't talk. Uh, we didn't see him talking to his friends, his co-workers, um, just nobody. Anybody, you know, everybody that he knew before he went in there, I never seen him hang out with him or anything. And he went through that for about 10, about two months, you know, after he came from the army, staying in his room. So I was very concerned about him. So I began to talk to him and say, son, what is going on? Is there anything that we can do to help you? And he said, no, I'm fine. And then he started getting upset with us for, for no reason. We didn't know why. And then I noticed he started... Uh, going out, get coming in real late at night, you know, and hanging out with the wrong crowds and listening to the wrong music. I mean, the music that, you know, he would never listen to. I noticed he was listening to that. And this caused caused great conflict in the family because, you know, with my husband being a pastor, I'm first lady. We had rules and regulations in the house. Everybody knew my two sons. They always was very respectful to believe what we believe. They went to church. I never had to force them. They love church. They love God. Then all of a sudden he just flipped his whole personality flipped. Uh, and then that's what caused the conflict because we were just floored. We couldn't understand him being, just, you know, just a disobedient and bad attitude. And, and so finally with the conflict and everything that was going on at home, I, I suggested to him that maybe he, you know, he should leave and, and go somewhere else if he thought it was big and bad enough to go. And so he said, you're right. You, there can't be two Kings living in the household. And he's saying, I'm, I'm the King. <laughs> and so I remember laughing at him at that time. And I said, really? Well, I'm sorry to tell you, your dad is the king. We can't have two kings. You're absolutely right. So he decided to leave. So he left home. And when he left home, we noticed that uh, he stopped calling. He stopped coming by to check on us and everything. And and we noticed that 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 he became unstable and as, as a result of bad choices and lifestyle changes. He was coming in. Uh, all times of night when we come back to visit us and very disrespectful and doing all kinds of stuff that we just didn't understand. So we, we quickly told him, we said, you know, we've been noticing some things, you know, since you came back from the army, is it anything you want to talk to us about? So he refused to talk to us about anything, but he kept saying something happened there, but he never told us what actually happened. And so we was, we just pretty much, you know, set up a doctor's appointment with him, went to the doctor and the few weeks later, we got the diagnosis. And when we got the diagnosis of what was really going on with him, he had some things that he was holding on to. He had some childhood traumas that we didn't know about. And he refused to even share with us. 
And when I found out about the diagnosis, I was floored. You know, I had panic attacks. My heart was beating. I was worried about him constantly over and over again. I couldn't sleep at night. Then I began to cry and weep before God for my son. I repented. I thought maybe it was something I did. And I would say, God, what did I, you know, what did I do? You know, you know, was it something me and his father didn't do something we didn't see? And then I thought about it when he was seven years old. I remember going to the doctor and the doctor had given us a diagnosis of something that I totally just dismissed. So then I started blaming myself and saying, you know, the doctor mentioned something like that to us many, many years ago. But I decided to go the naturopathic way because for years I studied naturopathic medicine. And I always knew that if you, you know, eat the right things, you know, you exercise right, take the right supplements that you can totally heal your body no matter what disease you have, whether it's, the, you know, whatever the, out there, you know, hey, I don't want to mention actually what he have for privacy, but, you know, you know, people that have had depression and other illnesses, I have seen them as well as myself battling with depression, heal the body by just totally lifestyle changes. So I decided to go naturopathic way. So, you know, after a while, it really, really worked. But with the demands of school, work, extracurricular activities, uh, and I had to come home and cook every day. And I was cooking mostly vegetables. So I had to plan my meals. And so I had to give him medic. I had to give him vitamins. And, and then I had to uh, try to force him to exercise and go to bed early. Those were some of the things that were on my list that would help reverse this diagnosis that he had. And he was really, really doing good without the medication. But he got to be such a pool as he got older. He refused to take the vitamin supplements. He refused to exercise and go to bed early and do all the things that he was supposed to do. And so, it, you know, I found it that it wasn't as easy as I thought it was. So I sort of I sort of just, you know, just just let it go. I didn't even think about what the doctor had, had said that was going on with him. So, you know, but it kept me in a situation that I that I really avoided what I really thought deep down in my heart, maybe that's what he was going through. So I would shake it away in my mindset and I would try, try to rebrain what my son was going through rather than facing the fact that it was not faith, but fear. Then I became angry with myself because I ignored what they told me when he was a child. I didn't understand how to stop the fear and the worry and the hopelessness. So that's when my mind started running and racing. And I was thinking about all kinds of things that could be probably could, could happen to him because he wasn't at home. And then I started feeling guilt about it. it was my fault. And I began to get discouraged. And every time I hear ambulance, I would get worried. I hear the phone ring late in the evenings and I would say, oh, God, something is wrong. And my mind just started racing. But so I, I got tired one day and I say, wait a minute, this is not going to work because with all the training and stuff I've had over the years, I knew what was really going on with my mindset. But I just didn't want to slow down long enough to do the work. Can I say that? I didn't want to slow down long enough to do the work. So I had to tap into the source that was so much greater than myself. And his name was Jesus, my bright and morning star. He taught me how to believe the impossible, how to speak with authority, how to believe for the impossible, how to start back 
dreaming. Start back thinking of good things. Start thinking about the things that he did for me in the past. When I look back over my life, I start thinking about how God had brought me through so many trials and so many temptations that I had went through, even as a young child with childhood trauma. So I began to think about all the things he'd done for me, and I knew he could do it for my son. So I started believing and fasting, turning down to play, getting the prayer wars together that I trusted to pray with me. And I'm telling you, that thing worked. My church has been a beacon of life for me. I have so many awesome prayer warriors at Prayer and Deliverance Ministry. It is mind-boggling. Every time we pray for somebody, God delivers. And I begin to see the power of God move in that intercession group. And I just got excited and I kept praying for my son. So you may say, what's going on with your son now? Well, you know, he comes, he goes. Sometimes I hear from him and sometimes I don't. I'm still going through the process, even now. I haven't seen my son in five years. Yes, five years. You may wonder, how can you do it? How can you go to sleep at night? And your son is out there. You don't know whether he's living or, or dead. It's because of the precepts and examples that I use in, in biblical training. And I believe in God and have an intercessor's pray for my son every day. That's how I'm able to make it. I'm no longer going crazy in my mind and worried and upset and panic attacks. I get sleep at night. Sometimes I get guilty because I sleep so good. And not that I don't love my son. I love all my children. But you know what? I knew worrying wasn't going to get him back home. Worrying wasn't, wasn't going to reverse the diagnosis that he got. I had to learn to trust in God. And that's what I have done. So he's come sometimes. He come in the house. I mean, he comes home sometimes. Uh, well, lately we haven't. He hasn't actually come back to the house to visit. But I, you know, he calls now and then. He he texts every now and then. His father. He calls his son sometime, and every now and then he gives me a shout out. And they said, uh, 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 "Your son asked for you, or a thought about you, or whatever." And that makes me feel good. So what God normally does for me about every three or four months, somebody would tell me they seen my son. That's another reason why I'm able to make it because then God is letting me know he's still alive. He's still living and I'm still taking care of him. Oh, thank you, God. Mm. When I just think about what God is doing, because he see when, the times when I do think about him and get a little nervous. I don't get let my mind get back to that place that I was in when I first heard of the diagnosis and the things that he was going through. So God would always step in. Somebody would say, hey, I seen your son. Looks like he's doing well. And that's how I was able to make it. God has really, really helped me through those times. But my my son, I often tell people, he's, a, he's the son that's out there on the streets like other sons are, looking like those street people that you've seen. You know, the ones don't, that don't have uh, good clothes and the one that look maybe looks smelly and their hair is not combed. And, you know, the ones that nobody want to look at, the ones that frown when they see them, the ones when they're out on the street asking for money, they don't give them money. They just roll their eyes and say, why don't you get a job? That's my son. But you know what? I love him. I don't deny his struggle. I can't fix him. I can't hide him from the world. I can't ignore the fact that he has a problem. He's mine. And I love him no matter what. Yes, he's going through something 
He has a diagnosis, but that diagnosis don't make him who he is. He is still fifthly and wonderfully made. And that's what you've got to see. Maybe perhaps you got a son and you got a daughter out there in the streets and you're scared and you're worried. You got to give them back to God because you know what? If truth be told, children don't belong to us. They are a heritage to the Lord. And so when I wrapped my mind around that and found that and read it in the scripture, that that man and that woman and that whoever it is out there running around and have left God, they still belong to God. The Bible says, in fact, a backslider is married to the Lord. That's how much God loves him. And you know what? I love him too, but I could never love him like God. You know, I love him. And that's my part as a mother. I got to love him. I love him because I believe in God. That's my part. I love him because God loved him more than I can ever imagine. God can take care of him more than I could ever take care of him. God is still on the throne and he is wonderfully, hallelujah, God is just as wonderful as he was from the day that I gave my life to him. He would, he would do us good if we just trust him. He told me one time as I was crying in my bed and I was disembobulated and worried about what he was going through and what he was even doing to me and his father. He did some ferocious things even to me and his father. But you know what? We still love him. He stole some stuff, but we still love him. He, he, he destroyed some things, but we still love him. He's our son. God gave him to us. And God spoke to us, me and my husband one day, and he told us, love the hell out of him. That's what you got to do. So I'm talking to somebody tonight. Love the hell. Yeah, hell. H-E-L-L. -L, out of them. They may have hell inside of them right now, but you got to love them. Love covers a multitude of sin. You you can forgive anybody, no matter what they've done for you. You know, they call me the forgiveness coach. Hallelujah. Because I have learned to forgive people quickly. That's how you can get healed. And then you can get, you can get to living and God will bless you in ways you would never even uh, could think of uh, because God is love. He wants us to get to that place to love, to forgive, even if they are children. Still forgive because God is still on the phone. I'm looking for my son to come back through that door one day whole, <laughs> and he will. He will come back there one day whole, whether he's with me or whether he's with God. He's gonna be whole because God is God is answered by prayer. Can I have some prayer warriors out there that can pray with me? Pray for others that have children and out there, whether it's a young lady or a young gentleman. Hallelujah. The devil wants to destroy our kids, but I stand flat-footed to let the devil know you will not destroy my seed. God promised me that he will save my seed and deliver my seed and bless my seed. And that's what you got to do. Wipe those tears. Get up off your knees, uh, shake yourself and enjoy your life. God's got your back. He got your kids. He got everything that you need. Hallelujah. Well, no matter what you're going through, it's time for you to give it back to God. I'm excited about this topic tonight. Come on, share it with somebody. You know what? We're getting ready to go to break right now, but I want you to share this wisdom tip. Hallelujah. What I'm talking about today, because we got some wisdom tips right after the break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And please share this broadcast. Share with a friend. Share. Some people say share with your enemy. And yeah, sometimes your enemy do know need to know it. That's fine with me. Share with somebody that you know that needs to hear this and like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we would muchly appreciate that. At this time, we're going to go to break and going to watch a video. And stay with us now, and we'll be right back. God bless you.
and we're back yes it's some uncertain times but god is with us didn't you like that video i did i know god is in control and that's where the secret is that's the number one secret you can't do this by yourself you got to go to somebody much stronger and wiser and more sovereign than you are and his name is jesus i introduce you to jesus tonight he's the only one that can do it he created us he's god himself he came down off the throne and died for us, died for your sins, died for your children's sins, your grandkids, no matter what you're going through. It's God. Hallelujah. I would not close my mouth. Yes, I'm a Jesus girl. Hallelujah. Don't you ever forget it. If you don't like Jesus, this ain't the broadcast for you because I'm going to talk about him till I die. I know what he has done for me. He's, he's touched my body when I was sick. He's healed me when my mind was all messed up. I was, hallelujah, had depression. I was suicidal. I was a drunk. Hallelujah. I tried to commit suicide several times. But I'm here today to talk to you and let you know you want, you need to live. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil put that mess in your mind because, hallelujah, God's got something in store for you. He's called you to do something and the devil's trying to hinder you. He's trying to stop you. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for the goodness of God, I wouldn't be a minister today and souls wouldn't have been saved under this ministry and the deliverance ministry that I have, hallelujah. I wouldn't be able to teach and train and counsel people what I've done over the years for almost 40 something years, God has blessed me to be in the ministry. And I love every moment of it. I love to see a dead person come back to life. Hallelujah. Somebody's head is hung down and forgot to smile. And all of a sudden I see a ray of light and they have lifted up their heads. They begin to praise God. God fill them with the Holy Ghost and the rest is history. I'm talking to somebody tonight. I'm ministering to somebody. And I got some comments right here. Tanisha Rice said for us to pray for our daughter, Essence. And when I leave here tonight, before we close, this broadcast we're going to pray for our, our children we're going to pray for somebody who wants us to pray for their children maybe they, maybe you may be sick in your body maybe you have been betrayed maybe your marriage has been has been torn apart god can bless you he can deliver you you can lift up your heads oh ye gates be ye ever lifted up ye everlasting doors and let the king of glory come in see if you close your your mindset he can't come in hallelujah you got to open your mindset and let god come into your mind and then he can change those evil thoughts that they enemy is putting in your mind the devil is a lie if i'm free tonight sitting here and talking to you and i'm telling you, i was in a deep down dungeon hallelujah i didn't want to see the ray of sunlight don't tell me god ain't good oh glory forgive me but god is so good i want him to heal you i want him to deliver you i'm here tonight i'm here that's why god has called me I want to see you delivered. If he delivered me, he can deliver you. He can deliver your children. He can heal your marriage. He can heal your bank account. It's not too late. Now let's go to these wisdom tips. Wisdom tip number one, change your thoughts and change the world. Also, if you change your thoughts, you'll change your heart. You'll change your your mindset, you'll change your outlook on life. You'll be able to smile again. Even in the Bible, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And that's in Proverbs 23 and 7. Make a strong effort. That's what I want you to do tonight. Make a strong effort to channel your mind to the right direction, not the wrong direction. Come back to church. Somebody in a backslid. You wanted a man, you couldn't wait on the Lord. The man beating you and treating you bad, telling you you're ugly and you're no good because he got what he wanted. It's not too late to come back to God. 
God said he's already forgiven you. He already knew you was going to do it. All he's just waiting on you to say, I'm sorry. Repent and come back. I'm talking to somebody tonight. You don't have to live like that. Make a strong effort to come back. Come back to the right direction so you can have the peace of mind. And you can love again. You can be happy again. You can smile again. Do you know it was a time in my life I couldn't even smile? People used to tell me, you look so serious all the time. They didn't know what was going on in my head. I was so distraught and so sad because of the things that had happened to me. I felt like I couldn't have any friends no more. I, I couldn't believe people in, believe in people anymore. I couldn't trust people anymore. I just put up a wall. I just wanted to be on an island by myself. But you know what? That didn't last too long. It, you know, it didn't work for me. Because I love people. So I had to get back in the groove, be vulnerable, be heard again, be talked about again, being misused again. And all that stuff is good for us because it makes us grow and it makes us greater. It makes us better. It makes us stronger. It makes us love mankind better. Why? Because somebody betrayed you. Now you understand when somebody's being betrayed so you can help them pull them up and out. I'm talking to somebody tonight. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Number two, speak positive to yourself. Stop calling yourself fat. Stop calling yourself too black. Stop calling yourself your hair ain't, ain't right. I got nappy hair. You need to stop that right now. When you say stuff like that, you're talking against God. You're trying to say God wasn't good enough to make you. You're beautiful. All of us are beautiful. No matter what size you are. Although some of us can lose some weight. I'm working on it right now. But you still, that's your size. Love yourself no matter what size you're in. Scribe to do better, yes. Do better in our health. Do better in the way we talk, the way we look, what we say, what we do. Yes, it's always room for betterment. But remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I say that a lot because it's true. God created us and he's got something just for you. Speak positive things to yourself. This will build up your faith muscle. Yeah. By believing in the impossible. See, I'm the type of person. I believe in impossible because, see, if I can do it, it ain't a miracle. But when God got something going on, if I got something going on in my life and I know can't nobody do it but God and he does it, oh, my God. It's like, oh, my God. I just want to praise him all day long. And sometimes I just want to keep on praising him. I have to calm myself down sometimes because I know it was nobody but God. When you know it's nobody but God that pulled you out of a situation or did something for you, you need to praise him the rest of your life. If he don't do nothing else for you, you don't have to do but one miracle. And you should serve him for the rest of your life. Why? Because you did, he didn't have to do it. Number three, deal with the spiritual battle head on. Don't pretend like it's a, like you're okay. You're not okay. You know you're mad. You know you're upset. You know you got bitterness in your heart. You know you just have been acting crazy, talking about people, mad at everybody, jealous of folk and all of that. Get some help from the power of God. Even though it seems like the more you try and the more you struggle, you fail in the process. Yeah, you're going to feel like that sometimes. The more you do something like all here, break loose. So let's ask ourselves, why do you feel that way? You know what? It's very simple. There is a spiritual battle going on in our mind every day. Let me say that again. There is a spiritual battle going on in our mind. Every day, when you wake up in the morning, the devil telling you not to wake up. Turn off the alarm clock. Go back to sleep. Then when you when you get up off the uh, when you get up out the bed, you got a little nice outfit you're gonna put on. The devil say you too fat to wear that. Put it back. 
you go brush your teeth, he tell you that your, te your teeth is, is yellow. <laughs> you go comb your hair, he tell you your hair falling out. You know, it's always something. He's going to always talk to you. Sometimes you, you, you'll find that your efforts to control and use your mind properly is not even working. So, oh, you say you say to yourself, okay, I got my affirmations. I read the Bible today. I prayed. Everything must be going right. And then I'll hear a break loose in your life. That's the enemy because you almost got it. He's mad. He wants you to stop reading the Bible. He wants you to stop praying. He wants you to stop doing the wholesome things to build your mind and your brain cells up. Did you not know we have new brain cells every day? Every day we wake up, we got new cells. So you can rewire your, rewire your brain anytime you want to. It's up to you. Number four, protect your mind from evil thoughts. Protect your mind from evil thoughts. The devil will constantly attack you with demonic and wicked devices to ruin your life. That's what he want to do constantly. He want to ruin your life. But I want you to constantly put positive things before yourself, before your life. When you wake up in the morning, even if you don't feel like being positive, be positive in a way. It's been times in the morning I wake up, I went, oh, Lord, I, 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 it's not a good day. And you know what? Before the day is over, it's a good day. Because that's another thing I want you to know. That when you're not feeling good, tell God you don't feel good. You already know you don't feel good. You say, God, I'm having a bad day. Please help me. I don't like what I'm feeling right now. I got a bad attitude this morning. And if you really talk to him like that before you know it, the day is over. You had a great day and you come back home. You go, wow, I had a wonderful day. Isn't that great? What you see and hear has a, a, has a dramatic effect on your mental well-being. Let me say it again. What you hear and what you see affects your mental well-being. So what I want to say, stop watching this wrong things on TV. Stop listening to the wrong music. If you're saying and you listening to all this music out there, the secular, it was on the BNT Award. I seen on my Facebook page a girl sitting up there with no clothes on, with her pure boobs showing. Come on now. We ain't got no business looking at stuff like that. You need to turn it off. That's some foolishness right there. Next thing you know, your spirit wanting to do the same thing. Let me lose some weight. She looked hot. I maybe I could look like that. The devil is a liar, because it's gonna it's gonna dramatically affect your mental well being. If you put negative stuff in there, you're gonna get negative stuff out. So stop looking at some of that stuff. Stop listening to lies of the people that's telling you about other folks. You know, you're talking about everybody. You're listening to gossip. You're listening to stuff on TV. You're listening to stuff on radio. You're looking at stuff on your internet or you're looking at stuff on your cell phone that you know you ain't got no business looking at. It will affect your mental well-being because you're putting garbage in your mind. This stuff is real. The Apostle Paul even said that we need to put on the helmet of salvation. Why? Because the helmet... Helmet, it secures our head. It's where our brain is, is housed. Even the Bible tells us that. Philippians chapter 4 and 8 in your reading, it says, Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are a good report, think on those things. If they're being the virtue, if they're being the praise, think on those things. So we need to think on good things, not negative things. Tip number five, work daily to win the battle. People of God, 
The mind is the most critical part where spiritual battles are fought. Let me say that again. The mind is a critical part of our spiritual battle that we fight. Your mind. That's why we got to get our mind. It's almost like you're in the, in the, in, you, you're in the war. You're fighting the enemy. And you go get drunk. And the enemy got guns pointing at you, but you so drunk, you can't even use the gun to kill the enemy. So the kill, enemy kills you. That's just how messed up we are when we allow that our, our mind is to just do anything it want to do. And don't put nothing good in it. Just all negative. So when it's time for the, you to fight the battle, you already did. Because the, the devil know that you haven't been consecrating yourself. You ain't been praying. You don't have no weapons of warfare. You don't know no scripture. And if you do, you don't forget them. And you scared the devil what he going to do. So guess what? He going to do it. Bam, you gone. Understand that it is a daily process. So you have to put on the work every day. Those, those garments. You got to use those the work of your hands to put on the whole arm of God. And then my, and my prayer call that we have every week. We close it with be dressed, equipped, and ready for battle. Why do I tell those intercessors that? Because they have prayed for an hour, some of them. An hour, all of us get together, a, a large group of us, anywhere from 15 to 20, 20. Every week, three times a week, we're praying, we're interceding for the sick, for the lost, for those in a hospital, those with cancer, those with uh, COVID, all the stuff like that. And we have actually seen miracles. So don't tell me what God want to do. But when they get through praying, the last thing I say is, all right, intercessors, you're dressed, you're equipped, and you're ready for battle. Yeah, you've got to remember we're fighting a war. We are in a battle for our life, and things are going to get worse. So you're going to have to put on the whole arm of God if you're going to fight this thing, baby. If you want to survive in life, you got to get serious about God. Number six, use your weapons. The word of God is our weapon. You need to stand with scripture and not with your cut buddy. They don't know no scriptures. And use the weapons we have to conquer the enemy. The weapons of what? The weapons of prayer, the weapons of fasting, the weapons of consecration, the weapon of doing things for others. That's how we're going to win the battle. And in my close, I want to tell you another story that happened in 2014. Me and my husband, we had a, a terrible car accident. It was like God just blanked us out and we, we, our car turned in the middle of the interstate 85 going to Greensboro. Cars was just zooming everywhere. It was raining that day. And I remember changing lanes. I was driving and the car lost control and went all over the road. We hit a brick wall. And we, before I know it, the car was turned around off the road. Listen to me, facing traffic. A man got out of his car with his umbrella, shaking and crying and said, I just seen a miracle. Listen to me. And we was just stunned. It was like God blanked us out. The Holy Ghost took over, drove the car, put it off the road. Listen to me. Talking about a miracle. The man, a witness. God showed us a witness because when we came to, we opened our eyes and we were shaking. My husband was reading the Bible and the Bible was still in his lap. Never came off his lap. Gave him a scripture before it even happened. 
The man came to the car. We rolled down the window. It was pouring out rain. He said, I just seen a miracle. Oh, my God. Did y'all get hurt? Oh, my God. That car hit y'all. You hit that brick. Oh, my God. You hit that. Oh, my God. I can't believe y'all alive. I said, well, where's the car? Who, who hit us? He said, they did. And I don't know. It was like y'all car went through every car. He said, I seen it. God is real. We walked from that accident that day alive and well to tell the story. And that's why I'm telling you today. God is a good God. Oh, yes, he is. Pick up your weapons. Fight the battle. Fight the good fight of faith. God will show you miracle signs and wonders. I'm a witness. I've got so many, I got so many stories to tell. And one day I'm going to write a book about the miracles that God has done for me and my family and the people in my church. Your mind is going to be blown. So stay tuned now for next week because I'm closing. Well, that's going to be it for today. But next week, you can hear me same time, same station on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock. Join us Eastern Standard Time. We love to have you. And remember, don't forget to put comments in the Facebook. Please, if you, if you like this broadcast, go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. Hit the notification button so you can see when we have new content coming in. We would love to have you. We would love for you to tell more people because the more you tell, the more we'll get out there and other people get to see what we're seeing. So remember, we ain't got no time for tears and fears. It's time to thrive and survive because wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom and in all that get and get understanding so you can live a victorious life. Love you guys. See you next week. Go ahead and fight that battle. You're going to win every time with the help of the Lord. God bless you. Love you guys. Before we close, though, I promise we were going to pray for those that are on this on this uh, broadcast. We're going to pray right now in a special way for the young lady that talked about her daughter, Essence. We're going to pray for her and others right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank and we praise you for this broadcast, God. We pray for essence right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Her mother just posted a couple of times on this broadcast. And God, there's others that maybe did not even put their children's names on it because of privacy issues. And God, we understand that. But God, we know who they are. God, we got, they've got parents in the home, some of them, that have been abusive to them. God, you, they've got some that are not don't even have a job and the parents are taking care of them. They got some that are on alcohol and drugs, some in the streets, some are drug dealers. God, you know all about it. But God, we pray that you bring our babies back home whole saved and, and nobody will get the glory but you. God, we plead the blood of Jesus of every demonic spirit. We cast down every imagination, every side thing that exalted itself against the night of the dark. We come together as a mighty honor. Two or three are gathered together, touching the green. You are in the midst of us. God, we thank you that somebody's going to get saved. Somebody's going to get delivered. Somebody's going to come back home. Somebody's going to share the story of the goodness of Jesus, God. And Lord, we're going to give you praise. We thank you for every caller, every person that tuned into this, this broadcast today. God, we thank you. We pray that you bless them, give them a special blessing, send a miracle to their household, lift them up, encourage them, God. Oh, strengthen them, dear God, in the name of Jesus. I find that somebody was seeing something on this broadcast or heard something that would make their life change, God, for the better. And we thank you and we praise you for it right now, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Bye-bye, everybody. I love you. See you next week.
If you are a business owner or entrepreneur and you're looking for a way to share your mission, your purpose, your products and services literally with the world faster, safer, and easier, making your brand accessible to millions from the comfort of your home, well, I want to encourage you to join our Learn How to Start a Podcast and Monetize It class. Why? Is because this was designed for entrepreneurs like yourself as a platform to provide you with the knowledge in order to not only start a podcast, but successfully launch it. And then the third key, which is helping you to understand how you can monetize your podcast as you are impacting the world with good. You can also build multiple streams of income from this one podcast and share your story, mission, and purpose literally with the world. So on today, I want you to go ahead and click CoachTinaRamsey.com to join our podcast class today. have just finished listening to wisdom tips with dr connie green make sure to tune in to her next week's episode by going to ctrmedianetwork.com the network for podcasters Music.